0: unmuted
1: Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox and we begin an exploration of ancestors. With a podcast on ancestors pathways. One of the things that I like doing as part of my own way of connecting with ancestors is to do an honoring as I begin a particular working. So I share with you one of the ways that I found it helpful to do this. I have with me three candles, and each of the three candles represents one of the three pathways I will be talking about tonight. Three different types of ancestral explorations and connections that you may want to consider as part of your own spiritual practice. And wherever you may be, all of you listening live and all of you listening later, Let us take a few moments now and connect with ancestors in a more universal sense, knowing that the ancestors, those who have gone before, can be part of our lives and we can be part of their lives as part of spiritual practice and development. Ancestors, we call to you. call to you as ancestors of family, ancestors, we who descend from you through bloodlines or through adoption or combination, ancestors of place and culture, of locale, those ancestors who are connected with the land where we dwell, connected with the nation, the culture that we identify with. And we call to the ancestors of spiritual tradition. We call at this Lunasa time ancestors who have been part of Celtic spirituality. And culture and spiritual traditions from the past that have manifested as contemporary forms of nature spirituality. We call to ancestors of other paths and cultures and spiritual traditions that are part of our own spiritual legacy and heritage and ways of being. And we call to ancestors, all and ancestors yet to come. Come and be with us and guide us now and in the times to come in our work with you. So be it. Ancestors, why work with ancestors why connect with ancestors well ancestors are part of our dna there's a biological dimension to it there's a spiritual dimension to it there's often also for family ancestors some type of cultural dimension to it and we also can deepen our understanding of our environment by understanding ancestors who are connected with the land where we dwell, where we visit, where we make our homes. And one way of connecting with the ancestors of culture is to look at those individuals who have gone to the other world, who have died, that have had a profound influence on our nation, whatever country we're living in, whatever local area we're living in, whatever culture or cultures we identify with. And we also need to be aware of the living tradition of the ancestors that are connected with the path of spirituality that we identify with, that we practice. One of the things that I have done over the years at Sawin time, which for me and others in the Circle Sanctuary community, and for many people who are practicing paganism and other forms of nature and spirituality, Sawin is a time that's considered the new year, the time of endings and beginnings, a time for honoring beloved dead, and ancestors. So at Sawin time, I typically will, in personal rituals and community rituals, call forth the spiritual tradition ancestors, those who have gone before with their writings, with their teachings, and those who have been in living Memory, Yes, you might call them the beloved dead, and in some traditions, the mighty dead, because of their influences. Well, there are a variety of pagan elders who have crossed over uh, during my incarnation, and I'm friends with a number of them, and they were part of my life, and I was part of their life. Now that they're in the ancestral realm, I relate to them as ancestors of spiritual tradition. Why connect with ancestors? It not only is a part of our lives on a biological sense and through our growth in each incarnation we're in, but by connecting with ancestors, we can expand our support network. We can learn from ancestors. We can receive help and support from them. And by remembering ancestors, we are able to support them in the ancestral realm. Some people find connecting with ancestors in one or more of these three ways as an important part of shifting from our day-to-day life circumstances where we're with our thoughts and things that we're problem-solving and processing with, by having ancestors as part of our spiritual practice, it's another source of divine inspiration, healing, transformation, and guidance. And I do think keeping alive ancestral traditions, not only as part of our practice, but being part of the larger community of people who are Wiccan, Druidic, heathen, animistic, pantheistic, and other forms of nature religion and nature spirituality This is becoming more commonplace now across the different traditions of contemporary paganism and other forms of spirituality. And I do think it's important that we see community in some expanded ways beyond our here and now The humans that we know and are connected with now, we also honor the place where we dwell and can connect with the nature spirits there and elementals and other forms of the divine, but by also including ancestors as part of our spiritual support network, it really expands our understanding of who we are, our understanding of life our understanding of the mysteries of birth, life, death, and rebirth. I first started my ancestral practices when I was a young girl. I had close contact not only with my parents and siblings and the larger extended family but had strong contact with my grandparents while they were alive uh, on my father's side and my grandmother on my on my mother's side I started understanding ancestral traditions from hearing family stories and Collecting and working with family stories is a really powerful way of beginning on the path of ancestors of family. Within my family system and its multi-generational form right now, some family members um, have adoption as part of their connection with our family system. And I think it's important to be aware that when one is adopted in a family, you not only have the ancestors of those who are the family members that have adopted you, but you also have ancestral connections for those that you descend from biologically. One of my strands of ancestry is Scottish. And in Scotland, in ancient times, and even to the present day, family groupings are often known as clans. And within clans, there may be a number of different families with different surnames. And certainly there have been some historical dramas in print and in video, film, television, um, and other forms of media that really take a look at Scottish family connections and how clans were set up. Uh, Often those who became part of a clan took on the surname of the clan, even if they were not directly descended from... um, those who were carrying the surname. And actually, if you go back far enough in history, you will know that before there were surnames, there were um, just names. And often it was one's name and from the place where you have been. In Wales, um, I also have some Welsh ancestry, the surname piece didn't come in until much later. And one of the things about collecting ancestor stories, and there will be a separate podcast on that, is being able to not only be aware of some of the ways that family systems organize themselves, but how surnames themselves can morph and change over time. Certainly those who came from Europe over to the U.S.A., I've had many different processes for that, sometimes as part of leaving a country of origin and then coming to the United States. One actually had a name change or a spelling change or whoever was handling the records would not necessarily have the correct spelling for that. So there are a number of complexities as one does some exploration of the family pathway of connecting with ancestors. The good news is that is the form of ancestral research and writings that's probably most easy to access. And there are whole databases that are now online. Um, complete with all sorts of information where you can get some information about your ancestors of family, be it by blood or adoption. In having a understanding of your family ancestors, you can come to understand about patterns and traditions, uh, both functional and not. And... I've had people talk with me who have come to one or more of my ancestral workshops in the past and have said, well, what do you do if you've grown up in a family where there has been conflict, dysfunction, and separation, estrangement, and that type of thing? You know, can I do family ancestor work if there's challenges working with living relatives, and yes, you can actually um, connect with ancestors of family back in time. And sometimes creating an ancestor altar and honoring ancestors of various family lines on that altar and inviting that to be a place where you connect with your ancestors of family you may find you get inspiration and support coming to you through dreams, through meditations, through flashes of insight from those who have gone before that can assist you as you navigate the ancestral realm of family. I find it helpful to also explore and learn about the ancestors of locale, of place, of country, of culture. Wherever we find ourselves making a home, and this also can apply to visiting a place and dwelling there for a time, you are having interactions with the dynamics of what's in that environment. I think You can find some wonderful ways to connect more fully, not only with the natural world in a particular location and the plants, the animals, um, the elements, all the forms of nature spirits, but by also honoring those who have gone before, those who have dwelled where you are dwelling, honoring them that can deepen your understanding and your connection with the place where you live or where you are dwelling, and can bring about some insights about how to more effectively connect with the land, connect with place. Also can be helpful for home blessing, um, not only protection and cleansing, but blessing your home with well-being. I live in southwestern Wisconsin, USA, in an area known as the Driftless Bioregion. And some of the villages near to where I make my home, I live in a forest, so I'm not right in a village or any kind of populated area, but I go into some of the local villages as part of daily life. And the Scandinavian and the Celtic influences are very much intertwined with the land in these parts. And the um, village of Mount Horeb has really strong Scandinavian roots. And some of the... Imagery in the local town really reflects that Scandinavian heritage. Even though now, in uh, the 21st century, you are having people from many different ethnic and cultural backgrounds and nationalities, Um, Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, has become very diverse. There is still at its foundation not only the Scandinavian dimensions there, but even before the Norse and other Scandinavian settlers came to the area, there are those who were there who were part of Native, what many people call Native America. Um, Certainly one of the tribes that I've had direct contact with, not only uh, people in the tribe living today, But through spiritual practice, the Ho-Chunk, which in some parts of the U.S., in Nebraska, for example, the French name Winnebago has been retained by the tribe. In Wisconsin, that branch has gone back to the original name for the people. And I am honoring the Ho-Chunk and the peoples that were here on this land long before them even, So right here in this particular part of southwestern Wisconsin, USA, there are layers of cultures, and when I call to ancestors of place, sometimes I'll do this as those who have gone before or I'll call to the ancient ones. One tradition with locale that has become more widespread in recent years is to do some research on those who have gone before in the particular area where you live. And one of those ways is to name Native tribes or other peoples who have been associated with the place and to do an honoring as part of ceremonial work. So that's another example of a way to connect with spirits of place. I connect with the ancestors of place as part of spirits of place rituals. So I will often pour a libation. It may be uh, apple cider made from some of the apple trees in this area, or it might be an herbal tea. It might be water. I do a libation. And I honor not only the spirits of nature, but I honor the ancestors of place and pay respects and deepen my connection. For ancestors of spiritual tradition, one of the things that I have done is to create a list of those who have in writers and teachers, whether I have shared um, FaceTime with them while they were alive or not, um, I have a list of those who have been important in my life, and though they are in the other world now, I do honor them. One way I've done this at Sawen is to have an ancestor Pagan elders in the other world alter and have had photographs or copies of books or smothered tokens of remembrance there. Um, Over the years, there actually have been some lists compiled of pagan elders and teachers and spiritual leaders who have crossed over. So stay tuned at Samhain time, they often are shared on social media, and at websites. So that can be a way to be able to access that. I came across a uh, YouTube video recently. Someone who was taking part in one of my live streams let me know that a television program that I had been on back in 1987 was actually up in YouTube and and I did a presentation on witchcraft, Wicca and paganism as part of one of the talk shows back then. With Sally Jesse Raphael and two of the people who were there on that show with me are now in the other world. So I do a shout-out to Scott Cunningham and Ray Buckland and am so thankful for friendship over the years and thankful for them to continue to be guiding forces within paganism today. Some others on my personal list, Deborah Ann Light, from New York, and then later Florida, Marco Adler from New York, Marianne Weinstein, and Edane McCoy, Catherine Hines. And I mention these names, as well as Deanna Alba and Gloria Gonzalez and Lady Sybil, or Carol Gamer, because we honor them at Circle Cemetery each has memorial markers at our cemetery. And as part of the series of ancestors workshops that I'm doing as podcast, I will be talking specifically about working with ancestral places. And cemeteries can be a powerful way of connecting with ancestors, not only of spiritual tradition, but of your locale as well as of family. What are some ways to move forward with selecting an ancestor pathway and deepening your connection with ancestors? If you already have an ancestral practice, then if you haven't done so already, I invite you to journal about it or write something about it, taking a snapshot, as it were, of it in at this time, writing down some of your practices, rituals that you do. Begin by writing how ancestors are presently part of your life. One of the reasons for setting that down is it helps not only to organize your thinking, but it can be really wonderful uh, to look back over that over time and be able to reflect on how your own ancestral practices evolve. Another thing that I recommend early on as one is seeking to start or expand ancestral practice, is to create an altar, an ancestor altar. Now, I know some people have a spot on their main personal altar or they just have one altar, a place to honor the ancestors there, and certainly that is an approach. Having a separate ancestor's altar can really be helpful because you can... Let that be a focal point for your ancestors' work, and you may find it helpful to have that altar in a place where you also store ancestral material, ancestor stories you collect, book of ancestors' rituals that you work with, ancestor meditations that you've done, um, spiritual journals where you Note that. Ancestor stories and research. So one really powerful way of having an ancestral altar is to have materials representing the particular pathway or pathways of your ancestors that you are focusing on and then tend that altar. You may want to do that daily or weekly or monthly at dark moon, new moon, or full moon. Some work with their ancestor altar at each of the Sabbaths, the solstices, the equinoxes, and the midpoints between. One simple way of having an ancestor's come to associate that place with the ancestral realm and by going to that place it will more readily open your consciousness to be able to honor ancestors and receive guidance from ancestors. In addition to having an altar, being able to find a way to collect the information that you gather about ancestors of the different pathways, as well as to share reflections and experiences, chants, and other things. One of my favorite ways of being able to connect with ancestral culture pathway, is to go to a place which has people who are connected with a particular culture. And uh, there's a, I have some Swiss ancestry on my mother's side, and I've gone to New Glarus, Wisconsin, and attended events there to learn about the folklore and the folk ways and the folk music from that particular culture. So it's um, within a short drive of where I'm presently living. And even though I have not found any family connections, direct family connections with any of the people presently living in this Wisconsin place, the strong connections that that community has with Switzerland are continuing to be reinforced with various festivals that are held during the course of the year. I also have some Germanic ancestry, and one way that I've been able to connect with that part of ancestor, of place and culture, has been to go to an event. A number of years ago, I went to German Fest, which is held in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and There's uh, many different festivals that have been held during the summertime, and at the German Fest I had a chance to sample food and drink and take part in music, um, dancing, and it was just really a fabulous way of connecting with my Germanic heritage. One of the great things about going to some type of conference or festival or gathering where there is a focus on a particular culture or ethnicity is typically there is going to be some tent or place where people who gather information about the culture are there. There'll be genealogical displays and that can be a wonderful way of being able to learn about that particular part of your heritage. In addition to finding these creative ways to celebrate and connect with ancestral heritage, you can also find opportunities to talk with people that do genealogical research, do ancestral magic rituals, meditations, and being able to connect with others who really see and the ancestral realm as important can really provide another source of information and support for the work that you are doing. So be aware as you do your ancestral exploration that ancestors can connect with you in a variety of ways. I recently have had some of my um, ancestral connections with this time of year, bring me to study about sky gods. And I have spent part of my Lunasa 2022 really looking at some of the parallels with Thor and Perun and Indra and Tyrannus and Jupiter and Zeus and have found it really fascinating that there is some real, even though these are different cultures, different civilizations, different peoples, Some of the sacred forms of honoring divinities of the sky, of rain and lightning and thunder, and the oak tree, uh, it's been fascinating to see a multicultural journey through that way of connecting with spirituality. And I do see that part of my own heritage, um, Germanic and Scandinavian have helped me um, also come up with understandings of how ancient peoples celebrated harvest, as well as my Scottish and Welsh and Irish and other Celtic heritage being able to look at traditions that are connected with this particular Sabbath. In celebrating the seasons, a really powerful way is to have a seasonal altar and do a blessing of that seasonal or Sabbath altar by calling on at least one form of ancestor to be present with you. I call to the ancestors of family, the ancestors of locale, and the ancestors of spiritual tradition as I have put together altars to celebrate each of the seasons. For me, working with all three is a really important part of my own spiritual tradition. I know some prefer to focus on just one pathway, And if you don't know much about your family history yet, you might pick one of the other pathways to explore. It may be more accessible for you to be able to gather information and to attune. Some things to talk about now about how ancestors can communicate with us. Certainly being open to the idea that our support network is not only humans that are incarnate right now, but it's multifaceted where you not only connect with animals and plants and divinities and nature spirits and earth, air, fire, water, spirit, and spirits of place, all of that. But that ancestors can also be part of that mix. So being aware that honoring with words, with song, with some kind of offering is a powerful way to develop that relationship and to be open to contact with communication. I do think, as with any type of spiritual work, it is important as you do this work to cleanse yourself cleanse the place where you're at, Um, eliminate distractions, dedicate some time and space to doing the ritual, the meditation, the spiritual practice in which you'll be honoring ancestors, and then do a spoken chant or prayer or blessing, or if your circumstances are such, you need to do that through self-talk in your imagination, that can work. If you can sing, so much the better, or to chant or intone. And once you have called to the ancestors and honored the ancestors, you may want to present some type of offering. Some people kindle a candle for each ancestor or each type of ancestor. Some people kindle incense. Some people will use fruit or vegetables or herbs that have been newly harvested or gathered. Some, they have a libation bowl and will pour a beverage into that bowl as a way of honoring the ancestors. And then after the practice, then to take that bowl of the offering fluid and present it outdoors to Nature as a way of releasing it. Now some people like to keep their offering bowl on their altar for at least a day after doing an ancestor ritual, and some people will go and release offerings uh, pretty much right after the rite. So that's, that's pretty much up to you as to what you think um, is most effective. So having a, a time and a place, having a practice of being centered, and doing an honoring, a calling, and then being silent, reflecting, listening. You may want to have a journal and a pen and to write down things that's kind of old school or maybe you have some type of device with a voice memo where you can speak into the device as a way of sharing impressions. I have found that ancestors, after I have called and honored them, I may get a sense of them in the form of a calmness. I feel a support. Sometimes I get what I call chills. I actually experience a physiological sensation. Some people call it goosebumps or whatever, but I've found as I've done some ancestral research, when I've hit upon something that is an important clue or something I need to pursue, I will actually experience an ancestor's rush um, or chill, a a sensation. Um, I've had ancestors connect with me in spontaneous ways. Back in the 1970s, I happened to go into a public library with a friend of mine. A storm was coming up, so we were seeking shelter. And I thought, well, it might be good to go and do some exploration of ancestors. And as I um, walked through the stacks, uh, literally I came to a section with a book that had information in it for me about a particular ancestral line on my father's mother's mother's um, lineage, and sometimes synchronistic things will happen just like that. I will, or I may be happening upon reading a book or taking in some other information, and then all of a sudden as I'm reading along, something will just flash in my attention that causes me to pause and be aware of what I'm experiencing. Now, I get ancestor info in a variety of different ways, and I don't always have an ancestor rush or even something coming in a real um, linear type guidance, spoken words in my imagination, in my intuition. Um, I'm aware that the ancestors can work with us in a variety of ways, and sometimes I'm being drawn to look at a particular concept or symbol or tradition, and as I've done research, I've later discovered that there is a strand of ancestry within my own family that has direct connections with that. So what's another way to connect with the ancestors and have them share information and experience and commune with us? Talking with others about your ancestors and listening to them as they talk about theirs. Toasting the ancestors, celebrating them, Um, Spending time, maybe block out an hour or two, at least once a month, and really allow yourself to delve deep into some form of ancestor study. If your life circumstances are such, being able to do deep study of a family ancestor or a locale ancestor or a spiritual tradition ancestor might be difficult know that there are ways using online searches where you can call up some information pretty quickly and be able to be able to get information that way as well. I do think chronicling your ancestral work is really important. And I also think We need to be able to honor our ancestors throughout the year, not just at those times of year connected specifically with honoring ancestors. Ancestors are a living part of my own personal practice, and I see myself as also part of the ancestral traditions that have been part of humankind's experience across the ages and through time. In talking about ancestral pathways, I'm doing a whole series of podcasts, and we're going to have a chance to take a look at ancestral stories. This is not only a way of effectively gathering stories from those who are alive, who have stories to share, but doing different types of research. Yes, going to places where that information is available online as well as in person, and taking facts and things that you've discovered about a particular ancestor or a line of ancestors that you can then weave together in a narrative, either through writing or by doing an audio recording or a video, or perhaps incorporating it in some other form of expression, creating a poem, um, writing a short story, a theater piece, creating music, um, doing a painting, many ways to give the ancestral stories that we gather, some form of expression. We'll also be taking a look at ancestral places, places where ancestors have dwelled, where they were born, where they died, where they were buried, if burial is what happened at the end of life or ashes scattered, Uh, places where ancestors were married places that ancestors worked, studied, visited, uh, and places where ancestors are memorialized. At Circle Cemetery, we not only have the individual grave markers in the oldest part of our cemetery, but we also have a Ancestors and Beloved Dead main altar where those who visit our cemetery who have ancestors they seek to contact that do not have a gravestone tokens of remembrance or any of their remains at our cemetery per se, we have a, a more universal Ancestors and Beloved Dead Altar and some other cemeteries also have places which can serve as a kind of portal for doing that kind of work and honoring. And we'll take a look at Ancestor Altars, how to create one, how to work with one, what kind of offerings to work with, Temporary altars, standing altars, ancestral shrines, um, altars that you create that are part of life passage ceremonies, ways to have ancestor honoring as part of households that you're part of, part of communities you're part of, um, creating uh, shrines not only indoors but outdoors, and taking a look at ancestral altars across different traditions and around the world. And ancestors' rituals. What type of rituals can we create and perform in our own personal practice? What are some rituals that can be household or family rituals that are done? on a regular basis, or at a particular time, once a year or once a month? What are ancestor rituals that you can do with large groups of people? What are ancestor rituals that you may want to weave specifically into Memorial Day or at Samhain or other times that are connected with ancestors. So in each of these workshops, I'll be sharing some of my own experiences as well as some of my learnings across the years. So in conclusion, let us take some time now and... Recognize that ancestors can be honored and connected with. Ancestors can be part of our lives. Ancestors may speak to us in dreams, in flashes of insight, through meditations that we do, through journeys that we take. There are many different ways to connect with ancestors. And there are different pathways. Our family. We honor those who have gone before us biologically, genetically, in a way that's right for us and them. We honor also those ancestors of family for... Any family that we may have been adopted into or if we're part of a family of, of choice when had been adopted, maybe not legally so much, but uh, part of a contemporary Scottish clan system or other system group, being able to recognize family and the power of ancestors of family across the generations. We also honor the ancestors of locale, of place, of culture, of nation. We recognize that when those who have had an important impact on our local area or our nation, have crossed over, it's important to pay respects and to remember and be appreciative of what they've contributed. Some people in the USA will honor the founders on July 4th, America's birthday. Uh, Some people who are um, connected with First Peoples in the Americas will connect with Indigenous Peoples Day as a way of honoring the ancestors that have gone before that were very much part of the land in a particular area or in a large region. And as far as ancestors of spiritual tradition, I invite you to consider making a list if you don't already have one and who are those who have been important to you in your practice. They, if you consider yourself pagan, it wouldn't necessarily have to be a pagan leader. You might be influenced by a mystic from the past who um, has also spoken to you as part of your development. So being able to work with those who are part of the spiritual path or pathways that you are practicing also can be helpful. Where can you get some more information about ancestral pathways? I have a YouTube channel, Selena Fox and Circle Sanctuary has a YouTube channel, Circle Sanctuary, and CSNP, Circle Sanctuary's internet radio network, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast is what CSMP stands for. We have more than 800 different hours of podcasts that are archived, and you can take a look at what's in our archive by going to circlesanctuary.org, going to the CSNP page, and you will find not only some podcasts from the past that I've done, but some of our other podcasters have done. And of course, there are books that have been written about work with ancestors as a whole and in particular traditions. There are genealogical societies that have libraries, that have websites, that can be a great help to you genealogical libraries. I've had really positive experiences with that. Uh, When I first started doing genealogical work, as uh, decades ago, before the Internet really became a good tool for that, uh, I found myself in a lot of libraries and uh, courthouses and archives, as well as at various places, including cemeteries, which had information. So there is a whole variety of resources available for ancestral exploration. In conclusion, if you call on the ancestors, also important to thank the ancestors for the relationship, for any guidance, for any blessings that you've received. Ancestors! We thank you, ancestors of family, ancestors of culture, locale, and nation, ancestors of spiritual tradition. Love, see.
0: And this is a chant that um, came to to me uh, when I was doing some pretty deep ancestors work. And so there's a little part that you're gonna repeat back, and there's a part that I'll that I'll. Pick, and you catch it? us on the circle sanctuary network podcasts presented by circle sanctuary and produced for all who follow the nature center paths join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world and please don't forget to watch for updates on the circle sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org and follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash CSN podcasts we can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.